Hello and welcome back to my brand new podcast, The Scottish CEO Show. Today I am joined by a very special guest, the right hand to me during my apprentice filming time, serial entrepreneur and genuine crackpot. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Miss Danny Donovan. Hello, Danny. Hello. What an intro, race. <laughs> Do you know what? I always think that's when you've made it. When yeah. you get an intro like that, welcome <laughs> to the show. It is so nice to have you on. How are you? Oh, it feels great to be here. I'm feeling good. <laughs> really good. I feel much better being here than I did in the boardroom. I'll tell you that now. You know, we were just saying this off camera, but I never, ever want to wear a suit again and I don't ever want to be filmed by that many cameras do no, you agree I agree I never want to wear a pair of heels in my life I'm wearing trainers and a tracksuit for the foreseeable um yeah and I definitely don't want to be woken up by a camera again no way I don't know if you noticed this but in one episode I was actually had nothing on brushing my teeth and I'm like why is that made it to the BBC honestly of all the footage they get it's like me sometimes I'm like Morning. Like, yeah. It always seems to be me and Marnie messing around in the bathroom. I thought, for God's sake, on me when I've just woke up. It's the worst angles. There was one like me and I looked like Jimmy Neutron. I had all this hair. Why? But anyway, we digress. Danny, first of all, thank you so much for coming on. As I said, me and you met on The Apprentice. Best pals on screen, best of pals off screen, and I'm so glad that you have joined us for the Scottish CEO show. I like to take it right back to the beginning okay. before we come out to all the fun stuff. So tell me what you were like. What was Danny Jr.? What were you like at school? So it's a funny one because I think <laughs> I think you'd have expected me and I think you'll be a bit shocked by this. Yeah. I think you'd have probably expected me to have been like the loudest in the room and a bit wild and crazy. <laughs> but actually, I really, really loved school and I was very, very studious and a bit of a kiss ass, I suppose. <laughs> I, I was that one who honestly, my homework was always done on time. Um, I was always top of my class and I, I really enjoyed school. I really did. But I mean, as I got did, a little bit older. Did you I enjoy mean, school for the social aspect as well? Probably, yeah. I mean, I that just, was me. Yeah, I, I loved, loved it. I think I was on the pupil council. Oh, me too, honestly. <laughs> Any excuse <laughs> to get out of class. <laughs> yeah. But I was quite academic. And yeah. I know fine well that you were very academic because I actually remember one of my first days on set, someone said to me, Oh, the girl from Essex is actually very intelligent. Tell me what other language you speak. Oh, well, not very well. I don't ever want to make those claims in public. <laughs> <laughs> but I can actually speak, well, I could speak a bit of German. I took it mm -hmm. at A-level. Um, I mean, I don't know if it would be understandable now. But do you know what? I'm okay at it. But when I've had a drink, I am you brilliant, brilliant at yeah, it. That's Honestly, me. Like... I've got a, a solo talk that I did in fourth year at school. Yeah. And I swear, one drink... <laughs> Hola, yeah. I'm back. Yeah. I know. You know. So no, so school for you was a good time. And tell us what age did you leave school? What did you leave school with? Yeah. And when did you become the CEO that you are? Reese, I love it when you say that. You so, are, you are yeah. the chief executive officer of many a company, which we'll come on to talk about yeah. in a minute. So obviously um, primary school, I really enjoyed. Um, I've literally been so lucky the whole way through school. I've literally had the same friends the whole time. So and we had a really good time then we obviously went on to secondary 
school done my GCSEs and I literally picked the hardest GCSEs. I think I did triple science, history and geography. Um, and I think that was, oh, and German. I think that just was- Just for shits and giggles. Yeah, I didn't do no food tech, no PE, no nothing like that, which I should have done. You and weren't just, doing creative cakes. No, you weren't baking fairy no, cakes. I was just writing essays about Shakespeare and I don't know why I done it, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and I actually done really quite well. I got all but, my GCSEs. I don't think I got anything below a B. I honest. think that, that probably there's a misconception with people like you and me yeah. that we have winged it to get where we got. And I want to kind of flip that on its head because- yeah. Now you sit here at what age? Uh, I'm 26 years old. 26, the same age as me. Yeah. Two of the youngest candidates on this year's show, yes. other than Avi. And I was actually 25 when I filmed it. Yeah, me and too. And so were you. Yeah. So at 25 years old, if you don't know, then get to know. But both me and Danny met on season 17? Yes. <laughs> season 17 of Lord Sugar's Apprentice. Now, Danny, you sit here as the CEO of Mermain, and it's quite an umbrella brand, I would say, from the outside. So yeah. you've got Mermain Extensions, you've got your products, and you've also got your training academy. So if anyone doesn't know what that is, Danny is a bit of a master maestro <laughs> of the hair extension world, and you kind of do a bit of everything within that field, don't you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've got the salon, and we've got all sorts of girls there doing all different treatments. And then um, I recently branched out into making um, products specially formulated yeah. for hair extensions because, I mean, those that don't know much about them, but mm -hmm. you do have to treat them slightly differently to your own hair. So um, there's no tresemme on those hair? There is absolutely no tresemme. <laughs> I mean, no disrespect, but no, there is none on there. So um, really what we're telling the listeners is it needs to be mermaid on those on uh, those on extensions. The, yeah, but exactly. am I right in saying that you also manufacture hair as well? So this is a, a good question because this is actually what I was planning to do when I was on the show. Okay. I have gone into manufacturing hair, but obviously hair is a human product and mm -hmm. there's just so much room for error mm -hmm. um, that I've kind of steered away from that, gone down the product route. Um, and that's actually been since I've left the show, I've decided to go down that route that's more good. so than producing the hair, just because yeah. obviously the current climate and, mm -hmm. and imports and stuff, else. it's really hard. So it's, all my products are manufactured, made in the UK, which I think makes Which is important. And I think yeah. that is important, I think, for anyone that is a buyer or a customer. Um, so let's just, you tell us, as your audience, tell us exactly what Mermain does and why you guys are so special, because I know, but let's tell everyone else. So I think Mermaid makes the world a prettier place, one mermaid at a time. Um, we are all about um, making people feel good. Mermaid, mm -hmm. I mean, on the show, I was absolutely slated for having mermaids as my unique selling point. Um, if you and watch why would that be? Because Linda can, said I, can I just ask, would that be by, and no disrespect to anyone here, but that would probably be from the same type of person that is triple the age of you and has no concept of the current climate. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Linda, for example. Yeah, Linda. Yeah. And you know what? You'll find there's a common denominator as this podcast goes on that, you know, we had a great experience on The Apprentice, but there's certainly just some things that need to be reshuffled into a current climate. And yeah. I think that, you know, we'll come on and talk about that in a minute, more about the show. But yeah, yeah. so tell me your product. Yeah. tell me all about it. So obviously I've got the salon, um, I've got a training academy, so I teach others to do hair extensions. And then the products, they're basically all sulfate, paraben, SLS free. Um, and they're all obviously, like I said, manufactured in the UK. They're specially formulated for hair extensions. Um, and I think they just all fit in with my brand. My brand is based around holidays, feeling good. Like it's not obviously I know that mermaids aren't real. I mean, I don't know if I can say that on here. What age are people listening? <laughs> Listen, um, well, I don't know if it comes with an age <laughs> restriction but I think that it goes back to 
a mermaid is an idealized human or person or thing that we all aspire to be. You know, we all love Christmas. We all exactly. love Santa. Exactly. And you know, these ideas that's around these holidays, you're essentially trying to create a concept based around mermaids, which I think is absolutely... Exactly, and uh, the associations that come along with mm -hmm. mermaids is being on holiday, one of my favourite things. Being <laughs> on a beach, being naturally beautiful, and mm -hmm. that's what I really want to promote. I don't want to promote the whole Barbie doll glam, yeah. and I think we're definitely, as a society, steering away mm -hmm. from that. Everything's yeah. going a bit more natural. More natural. Yeah. So you, at 25, joined The Apprentice. Now, Danny, last year was a bit of a whirlwind, and I'm going to take it right back to everything about your business. So mm -hmm. we've covered your business, we've covered what you are and your unique selling point. And for me, I knew right away that me and you were going to get on. So for anyone that doesn't know, me and Danny actually didn't work together on screen and I'll come on to that. But we met on day one on that bus to Antigua. So for <laughs> anyone watching this, how it works is we call it Boardroom Zero. <laughs> Yes. Boardroom zero, you arrive, you have no warning. We've just come out of the taxis and we got drove into that boardroom. So everyone walked in and the big man, Lord Sugar, said, pack your bags, you're going to yeah. Antigua. <laughs> me instantly thinking, where the fuck is Antigua? Yeah, I'd never heard thinking, of it. I don't have a bikini with me. <laughs> Someone better go to Tesco. So me and Danny went um, to Antigua together for episode one and we just got on so well during the process. But... I need to tell the listeners and tell the viewers something so funny about you. Oh, what? Day one, I remember everyone was doing the intros, you know, everyone's ego's getting the better of them, you know, yeah, I own a million pound business, oh, I own yeah. a million pound business. <laughs> me and you, I was like, tell me something funny about you. And you went, I'm Danny and I'm fucking mental. <laughs> <laughs> I will never oh forget it. And instantly I thought, She's the gal for yeah. me. <laughs> I found myself a new mate. <laughs> and I think that when, it's important to talk about this, but in that first week, like you don't know who you can trust. You don't know who uh -huh. you can't trust. And you're just so hyper aware. But me and you literally got on right away. Yeah. Me, you and Bradders were just so close throughout the process. So yeah. let's just talk about that. Talk about what it was like to get that call to say you are going on The Apprentice. I mean, it was for me a bit of a... Um, a long-winded process, really, yeah. because... We have an exclusive, I believe, actually, because I have a little bit of a secret that we're going to share. So, that? Danny, <laughs> you were actually supposed to be on last season's, weren't you? I was on Series 16, but I actually had my bags packed. I was ready to go. She had her suit. She had her handkerchief. <laughs> yeah, I had my air hostess outfit ready and waiting <laughs> to go. Um... And basically, I got COVID, literally, I think it was either the day before or two days before we were due to go into isolation before entering the process. So wow. I remember at the time thinking, why the hell has this happened to me? Mm -hmm. And then when I got into boardroom zero and Lord Sugar said, we're off to Antigua, I was <laughs> you like, thought, this, hell, yes. this is why. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have met me. We it's, wouldn't have exactly, met each other. And exactly. I just think like, I could not have saw you in that season. Oh, I couldn't no. have at all. No. So I think it's important to go back to the most important question that I get asked all the time is, why did you apply? That's actually a really good question, to be honest. And I think the, the main, another exclusive for you, I actually first applied for The Apprentice when I was 18, right? I wow. applied for it. Just, I think I just started my business. I thought, why the hell not? It'd be yeah. good fun. So I applied, got an email back and absolutely 
teach myself. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, not doing it. I, I can't do this. I'm not going to go for the interview. I just, and I just didn't go. Mm-hmm. And I've always watched it and thought, you know what? They're really cool. Them people on there. Like, I think yeah, I could do you that. Think you could I do think it. that's what, that's what the want and the desire to go on there was is. Was to be is, part of that process yeah, as opposed just, to like and, anything else. Yeah. And almost just because I think when you watch it, it's so easy as a viewer to think, do you know what? I could idiots. do that. Yeah, yeah. Idiots. I could do that. And I think I just wanted to prove to myself that I could do that. Like, so I think it's important to add on this and a lot of people might not know this. I don't know if you know this, but I had yeah. actually never watched the show. Really? I only watched last seasons during the application process. Right. So <laughs> I had filmed a pilot for another show that had been, like, I had been scouted from and then basically it didn't go ahead. So then I found myself in a conversation at The Apprentice. And I watched last seasons and I remember thinking, these people are thick as <laughs> mince. Now that we have went through the process, I can 110% confirm that those people and those previous candidates are not thick as mints. And no. in fact, it is 10 times harder than you would ever imagine. The only way I can describe it is, if you think you're on that winning streak, bang. Oh, yeah. A production thing steps in. So it's yeah. like, you've got five minutes left. And you know what? We're not here to out the show or do anything no. like that. But... I think people need to understand it is a TV show. In real life, you could pick up the phone and you could do things that you Google can't do. Google, where you could you're Google. going. <laughs> Brighton, do you know what I mean? Why didn't you Google that? Well, I would have if I had my phone. No, people saying to me, why did you not know that the other team didn't have hands and feet? I said, because they were 50 miles away <laughs> down the road in London where I had no communication with them until the cartoons were finished. So I think there's a bigger picture there. And I think from us going on the show, you decided to apply because... It was a desire to join that. It's cool. It's a cool it is, show. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Whether you like it or whether you're not, but it's always going to be a part of your life that we yeah. have. And I will never forget day one, strolling down London with that briefcase thing. Yeah. I am a cool kid. Yes, me too. <laughs> I was like, I had my three piece suit oh, on yeah. and I was raring to go. Yeah. So no, and I think that I totally agree with that. When it, when it gets down the final, it, when it gets down to the kind of final stages of going on the show, I'm, I'm going to talk about the application process uh-huh. because you obviously were supposed to go on last year and then they asked you to come back and go through the same process this year. But let's talk for any of our lovely listeners out there that fancy trying it. Good luck <laughs> is what I've got to say. Yeah. Pack some extra pants because yep. you'll probably shit yourself you'll halfway. you definitely need them. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the application process because for me, and I know people probably think, what a cocky idiot for saying that but I found the process like a walk in the park to get on the show and I know that anyone else that has got on I know speaking to you I didn't find it that hard no I think the thing is if you don't put too much pressure into it and I think you need to have although they are looking for business people they are looking also for a bit of personality and a bit of entertainment so I think essentially if you've got a combination of the two and you've got a business brain you should be able to apply your skills Mm -hmm. and you should be able to get on there I mean it's easy for us to say Say, but then I honestly will say this right because I've listened to many a podcast and I've listened to many many people interview and I'm like I honestly did not find the application process that hard I remember leaving and thinking I'm not going on that show because I actually think I got fired in the interview stage where no sorry I fired I actually fired Brad in the interview process exclusive so for anyone that doesn't know this me Avi Brad and Joe were all in the same audition what there was was not a single other person we were all in the same audition and I actually knew 
proper exclusive here, but when we went into isolation, I knew Brad was on it as well. How? Because <laughs> the BBC are going to come for me for this. But oh, you remember when we got the COVID nurse who came and did our COVID test? Yes. Well, yeah. me with my nose out of joint, wanting to try and figure out who was on oh, the, list. the list. Oh, I, I saw see the list. Brad I saw Johnston. Oh, okay. So there was me. We still had our phones at this point. Yeah. There was no, it was our laptops we still had. Didn't she? Oh, yeah, because she took our phones that day. <laughs> she took, didn't yeah. She? So, yeah. For anyone watching the show, once you eventually get on, you go into isolation. I did like a two and a half week isolation and listen, it was in a lovely hotel in the middle of, <laughs> middle of West London, but um, I did a two and a half week isolation because obviously I'm from Scotland. So when they brought me down, they were like, there's too much of a risk with COVID bringing you up and bringing you down through airports. But we all did like a week isolation. I think I did a week. A week. Yeah, and that was hard so, enough race, honestly. I don't know how you done Danny. Too. I mean, listen, I would. it wasn't a harsh isolation until the final week. Oh, you know, okay. I was still allowed to potter about, you know, oh, okay. go and get my hair cut. Uh, Maybe it was just, things. I just had to be like still essentials. And then on that final week before you go on the show, now I don't know if this would happen again. I don't know if it's because it was just, we were still during COVID. Yeah. But, and we were also going to Antigua, which we didn't know about. No. But we were actually took out for daily dog walks this week. Oh my God. The <laughs> so the application process is this. You apply, you do three stages, four stages. Uh, I think there's a couple of phone ones, Four, maybe two yeah. in-person <coughs> ones, but they're long days. They're aren't long they? days, yeah. Really long. And you get put in with a group of people that would literally test your patients. I remember oh. thinking with people like, that. I honestly would say it, Gemma Collins was in my audition dressed in disguise. <laughs> this woman was gunning for people and I thought, really? whoa, if she gets on, this is not the show for me because, no. you know, I always say you don't need to be the loudest in the room. Let your successes do the speaking and 100%. I know that you're... And people probably look at us and think we are quite loud, we're quite animated, but mm. I was not in that edition, and I know you were. And, no, I wasn't. And I think that when I then realised when we got to Boardroom Zero that I had Brad, Avi and Joe, not that I knew them, but, no. you know, I knew them from the edition, and I thought, okay, Avi... Love him, but you know he has he has a personality. He yeah. is great. He gives them everything that they want on screen. Oh, yeah. And I thought, great, Abby, see, that'll be a good laugh for us all. And listen, he gave us what exactly what we wanted. He did. That boy, <laughs> he really he did. Produced. So uh, um, then, what happens is we all got the phone call. You go in for many a meeting, and then we got the call to say we were joining the cast. Did you get the whole? Um, you're gonna have to join. Say, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was it? Unfortunately, you're gonna have to spend your summer, summer with us. With me, yeah. yeah. So. So I won't name names, but basically I remember in my final interview, I kind of had an inkling I had it because I would just went on the angle. I was like, you've not had a Scottish person in 10 years. You can find anyone from Scotland that's got more business acumen than me, then I'll give them my place. <laughs> I remember Please. being like, because you need, you need <laughs> you to, do, you need you to ham it up a yeah. bit. And I remember like just saying like, you know, listen, this is my both worlds come together. I've been on TV and now on a business and I'm here to prove to Lord Sugar that he needs to invest in me. You know, just gave them all the chat. And I remember in my final interview, um, the exec, big, big, big boss said mm. to me, Reese, are you prepared to be spoken to and woken up by potentially an 18 year old runner? She went, how would that feel for you? And I remember thinking, why are you asking me that? You must have Is got that? something for me that I was going to go piss off. Yeah. But I went, listen, I said, X, I've worked in TV before. I said, and regardless of people's age, I said, everyone's there to do a job. And she went, well, I think that you might be joining us this summer. I remember it and I thought, oh, checking, yeah. might be joining you this summer. <laughs> went home, two days later, you get the email to say, keep this date free. Yes. I'll never forget it. It was St. Patrick's Day, the 17th of March yeah. last year. 9.15, hello, how are you? You're going to have to spend the summer with us. <laughs> so then both of us went on and let's just talk about that process of sure. joining The Apprentice. Sum it up for us, what was it like? 
chaotic <laughs> I don't know how I wouldn't I wouldn't even know how to put it into words and mm -hmm. I think I wouldn't even know how to explain it it's like when I come home and I was trying to tell my boyfriend <laughs> trying to tell my family what I'd been through I just didn't even know how have the to words. have the words to describe it I mean it's fast-paced way I can describe it is you love it yeah right it's yeah. like it's like a sick buzz that yeah, you go it is. every day you come home and go what have I done today but I will say some of the conditions mm -hmm. are Harsh. It's not harsh only because the one thing I will say is you're so secluded from your normal life. It yeah. couldn't be further from me and you's normal life. Oh, no. Like, you know, when I go to work, I'm going to go through the drive-thru and go to Starbucks. I'm going oh, to potter yeah. my way in and I'm in real no urgency to get myself anywhere. Yay. This was flipped on its head. <laughs> yeah. You've got 20, 20 minutes. <laughs> and it is actually 20 minutes. So many yes. people ask me on a the daily most basis. The most asked oh. question, do you get ready in 20 minutes? Yes, we get yes. ready in 20 minutes. We get ready in 20 minutes. So let's just talk about that because I think that like probably why people are going to be tuning in today is to figure out how we enjoyed the process. Mm -hmm. And the only way I can describe it is it was the best, but hardest, but toughest, but... Yeah, you know, it was the highest highs and the lowest the most lows. lows. And it's I like think that's the, the thing. only way I can describe our relationship as a group of people is... I will never respect anyone as much as what I respect those 18 people because it is physically and mentally demanding. Yeah. You know, when else would you be in any situation to leave your business, your life, your family, your friends and have no contact with them for up to three months? And I just think I take my hat off to anyone that has ever done it. And see, for me, I also take my hat off to the crew that work on it oh, because honestly, if nice. she is listening... Charlotte, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, Charlotte, yeah. look at her, right? Like, what a bloody angel. I yeah. remember some days Charlotte was still with us at half past 12 at night. I know. And we were waking up at quarter past three. Yeah. If you remember that... Um, was it one? Was it when we did lunch boxes and they drove through the night or something like that to go and pick up pick the Pick up the boxes. I know. I remember when we did um, the one, the motorbikes. Yes. Me, Vic and Meg mm. got in at 12.30. I remember coming in, half sleeping, I was like, don't speak to me. And we were up the next day to go to that pitch at 3.30am. And I remember thinking, I'm actually not here physically. No. Mentally, I don't know where I am. And it's that that's hard. And I think that, you know, anyone that's thinking of applying, you will have the funnest couple of months of your life. But it comes with a disclaimer that it's oh, hard. It is so, so hard. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about some of your highs and some of your lows on the show. Because that's something that I think is important to talk about. Yeah. So where should we start? Are we going to start glass half four, glass half empty? <laughs> <laughs> let's start. Let's start with the highs. Okay. So do you know what? One of my favourite things was, actually, this is kind of a low and a high, but I'll combine it mm -hmm. into one. I think when I first got there, I thought, what on earth? I thought, mm -hmm. is this what it's going to be like? It, it just seemed so negative. Everyone was at each other. And I thought, I don't know if I belong here. Then it got to episode two and we was on the market stores. And I think that is the first time I really thought, okay, I bloody this. love this. Yeah. I was like, when we was on those market stores selling those bow buns, I thought, this is why I'm here. Like, mm -hmm. I might not have sold tickets to the tour, but I can sell Well, Danny, I hate to break it to you, but the big <laughs> man over here did get the highest sales in week one. And I think that's so true. It's like, you go through from day to day, like, like you've just yeah. said, I was on, you know, I thought I was coasting right to the final from episode one. Me 
meanwhile, you're tucked up in bed thinking, let me go home. Yeah, I So mean, it's just, it's important to talk about that. So let's talk about what changed for you after that first episode. So I think after that first episode, I put aside my emotions and I thought, do you know what? I'm here to do a job. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to make too many friends. Yeah. Because the thing is, you can make friends. We all made really, really good friends. But you have to realise that they're friends off camera. On yeah. camera, you're there to do a job. Yeah. You're there to kind of get through the process. And you can't really pander to anyone else or carry on anyone else in a normal situation if your mate fell over yeah. you'd want to pick, pick him up, him up. And carry, but you can't in that situation it's a but it's, a it's also i also say it is strictly business right it is, yeah. and what it comes down to is if in life you need to make business decisions sometimes it feels shit yeah but at the end of the day you know what it always comes down to a business decision and i think that's so important so you spoke about some of the highs you spoke about some of the lows and i think what i want to now talk about is mm-hmm. we obviously see on camera we see you know bit of wheeling and dealing you know we've got our del boy of east london <laughs> you running around you know everyone was like oh you're quite savvy you're scottish you're this you know i could have sold honestly ice to the eskimos on that show you and really i loved could. it but i think it's important to also talk about some of the lows and the frustrations because Look at cartoons where my heart was in such of a good place where I thought I was on that winning streak. Yeah. And then there's so much that's out of your control. Like the team, you know, we're not going on their saga again, but ultimately they forgot to add hands and feet. Then that landed me in the boardroom (laughs) with Greg and Denisha. And I'm like, realistically here, like what it comes down to is a statement of fact, right? Uh And this is what it comes down to is like, I love Greg, I love Denisha, we all love each other, but it comes down to contribution and effort. And it always does. You know, if you've made a mistake, you need to own up for it and hope that Lord Sugar goes, no worries, forget about it. But when that episode, I remember after that episode, that Danny, I was like, so the crushed, world hates it? me. Yeah. I was like, the world hates me. I have killed off the nation's sweetheart. <laughs> I was like, Greg has literally, everyone loved him. And you just feel like burying yourself under the pillow and yeah. just not waking up because it is so harsh. Everyone's on you. So talk about that side so of it. I actually had a similar situation happen, obviously in week 10. Yeah. Um, and it was when the dog food task... <laughs> Um, and obviously it was between me and Simba. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think judging by the show, people would have thought that me and Simba absolutely hated each other. But I have a lot of respect for Simba. Mm-hmm. And I think it was one of those ones, they, like you say, it all comes down to contribution and it made it look like I was sort of just not letting him get a word in Edwards. But when you're in that pressure and you're, you, you've got to get a job done and if, if it's, you just have to go for it basically. And the thing is, he actually said to me, and I remember him saying it to me, I was like, I'm, I want to give up. I don't want to do this. I can't do this anymore. And Simba went to me, you don't go down without a fight. He was like, you've got to say what you want to say. I got in the board and I was like, you are Rah. right. <laughs> but, but people might not know this as well. And this is maybe a little bit of an exclusive, but before you go back into that boardroom, mm-hmm. you have a chat with a fight producer. Fight for your life. Fight for your yeah. life. <laughs> That's what they call it. They take yeah. and they say, they, t- you they hype this. you up. You did it's that. Like you did the this. The biggest <laughs> hype men I remember. Yeah. Director Bradley, oh, legend. Yes, he what was a, a boysy he yeah. is. So I had Bradley for my, I think it was Brighton. Mm-hmm. And I remember, he, no, it wasn't. It was um, Yanis. Oh, Yanis, yeah. Legend he was good. as well. Yeah. And I remember he went, I was starting to get like a wee bit upset. Not upset, because I would like. You it, do take it so personally, like, though, because I'm at like, the moment. I just that's... left that boardroom. That man is shouting at me <laughs> over an asparagus. <laughs> and I'm working so hard. So you take it so personally. And I remember thinking, I'm actually that angry that something's going to come out of my mouth that I'm going to regret. regret yeah. Because I'm then like, nah. And I remember Yanis saying to me, Reese, there is a statement of fact. You sold, eh, sorry, you negotiated more. You got more products than anyone else. Go back in You're there like, and tell okay. them. And I'm yeah. like, right, Yanis. I do. <laughs> <laughs> your backup's ready for you. And you get in there and you're like, 
and you're just waiting on I've that. Arrived. Reese, why should you stay in the process? And I'm like, because. well, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> and I think like when you leave, but almost, I think when you go back in there, Danny, you want it so much more. You do, because you realise what's in front mm-hmm. of you. And I said that in the last boardroom, obviously it was quite chaotic mm-hmm. and people were like, I didn't realise. But it is, when it when it's when it's, it's competition at the mm-hmm. end of the day, when it's, it's either you or someone yeah. else, you're never going to go down. I think down. as well, it's like, you know, we all back ourselves so much probably. Of course, you wouldn't and be there if you, you didn't. You wouldn't be there. And I think that it's so important to talk about that because obviously when I say so many of us are literally best of pals right uh-huh. now and all of us are so close. All of us love each other, but it's the strangest bond ever. I cannot describe the bond I have with you to your known pals because no. it's like you've been through so many different emotions. It's like life just goes. You know when you watch Love Island, yeah, and it's you like how they fall in love so quickly. You think I can how? tell you because yeah. listen, <laughs> I had made best pals for life in there, yeah. and I think it's so important to say that though because you watch it and it's like. I love them after two days. And then you're like, you genuinely start to respect people so much more because you go through every emotion with them. You do, And yeah. I think that's so important. So let's talk about this, okay? Mm-hmm. Danny, yeah. me and you, how did we become good old friends in that process? What was the moment for you that you thought, he's a good one? So I think it was actually the first moment. You know, when we was literally just sat on the bus and I could hear him talking and ch- chatting away. Like oh, everyone on the back of the bus just listening to what Reese has got to say. <laughs> And I was sat there chatting away and I just turned around to him and literally was sat behind on this bus and went, we're going to be best friends. I remember it so clearly. <laughs> that was the first thing you said to me. You went, yeah. we're going to be best friends. And it's so true. And like, I remember from then on, but a little bit of an exclusive, Come we on. weren't allowed to work with each other. We never, ever worked together. We had to debrief, didn't we? I mean, yeah. I don't know if we should say We it. should say that. Yeah, we should say it because <laughs> it's important to say. So yeah. there is a rule in the house and it's called task talking. Yeah. Now task talking. Now, oh, the amount of times you hear that. I can hear a voice saying that <laughs> yeah. right now. And trust me, if I can hear his voice, it is like, honestly, it's like an alarm in your head. So the rules of the competition are you cannot talk. The process, not Sorry, competition. Sorry, the rules of the process are, <laughs> correction, God, you'd think you been briefed (laughs) the rules of the process are you're not allowed to talk about the tasks to the other team but that's very hard because like I couldn't have went for a piss with it telling Danny you know so we would never discuss numbers or anything like that but we'd be like how was your day and I think you needed that like I think you need it because you're so self-consumed of like am I going home are you going home are they going home so we would just have a debrief me you and brothers would meet downstairs at the cinema room Rochelle would be there and we would all just have it we wouldn't give anything away but just go how was your day yeah and I think it's so important to talk about that because you need that support bubble when you're in that house and the thing is that's a normal thing you do if I have, if I'm at work all day, I'll go home. My boyfriend will say to me, "How are you? How's you? like you? We, you are. You do us. You would come home and talk to Rock and say, yeah. this is how my day was.' Yeah, yeah. And, and not, you're not allowed to do that. No, and I think like you need to, like you, you don't realize if by carrying the emotions and carrying all of mm-hmm. that information in your own head, it becomes heavy after and a while, and you'll break. You end up carrying not yeah, only carrying uh, the show, but yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah. But you're also carrying everything else. <laughs> exactly. So no, I think that's important to say. But we were very, very lucky that we all got on and we all made a very good group of friends. Yeah, and I think. Honestly, it goes to the same. There is not one person in that house that I wouldn't go for dinner with because we just had some laugh. Like, it's memories of a lifetime. So, Danny, we weren't allowed to work together because someone once said that we were very similar. Really? Could you see that? I don't know. <laughs> mm, I, I think, think maybe... that, I think where it's where it's quite difficult is you probably can't have 
what we would say, you know, I, I actually don't know what would have happened I don't, if we worked I, together. Do you know what? If we worked together, I don't think we would have been as good friends because no. I think I would have wanted to do it my way. You, you would have wanted to do your way. I would have been like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we would have been at each at other. Each other. But, yeah. And I think that it is important to say that like, there is people in the competition that you genuinely never worked with. No. Never. Yeah. And I think like that even goes when you go right down the competition. But I think that's what made us such good friends Definitely. because we didn't work together. So even in the boardroom, I remember people going, Danny was this and I'd be like, that's my gal, that's yeah. my mate. Yeah. So no, we didn't work together on the show, but off screen, we had some laugh. You know, we oh. were like the ant and deck of that house. Some we may did. say we had sports day planned. Oh, we had everything that planned. Was so annoying. I know, that was annoying. I think it was raining. Well, yeah, we actually had, we made, we got a big, <laughs> where did we get that paper from? We got a big bit of cardboard or some yeah, sort of paper. That. We were really invested yeah, we in that. Yeah, we were so invested. We had all yeah. of the different races planned out. We had a, a, an itinerary. Egg and spoon, the yeah. wheelbarrow race. So yeah. me and Danny, basically, we had one of our glorious days off. So you yeah. get a day off every kind of week, two weeks, something like that. Yeah, depending. Depending it, on yeah. the task. But we had a day, I think we had two days off. Maybe. We probably just didn't know what to do <laughs> ourselves. And you come, like, I always say, I remember one of the producers saying, you either go back in time when you go into a process, we was like babies. Yeah. I was like a grade one child. Yeah. Like, hi, who wants to play hide and seek? Yeah, I think one <laughs> do you remember day, yeah, we uh, yeah, and I think one day I actually said, does anyone want to play Apprentice? So we were trying to do a task. They was like, are you sick? <laughs> and it is, you just like, cause you're just like, just like someone give me a phone. Yeah. Someone allow me to go to Zara for the day. I know. And it's honestly. these things people don't know. So we literally had the best times off camera. Me and Danny were a bit of a double act in the house. And I do think it would be a much better show if they showed the house. Cause oh, it was fun. It so would. let's talk yeah. about that. Let's talk about living in that 18 million pound mansion describe it it was lovely i mean i wish i didn't live there with like how, how many people live there like about 25 20 people including yeah. the including the crew so i mean yeah it was a really nice house it was a shame we wasn't allowed to use a swim pool or anything like I that i mean it was a bit dever about that yeah. but it had a cinema, it had maids quarters, it had like, Which, their boiler room was literally probably the size of my- My house. My house, yeah, like literally it was huge. Um, yeah, it was it was lovely, all marble floors, a huge big staircase. I mean, there was, was a the lift. It was the lift for yeah, me. Yeah, there was a lift in there. Do you know what I would say? Beautiful house, stunning decor. I wouldn't pay that for it though. Would, I, listen, if you were to come to Scotland and for anyone listening, I could get you three castles for 18 million pounds <laughs> and we could yeah. own my stately home and have a wedding business on the side that we rent it out for weddings. But for me, the house was just, do you know what? I describe it as, it's like big brother, isn't it? Yeah. You meet friends for life. You are living in living conditions that you would never live in. When is us as grown adults, grown business owners, grown CEOs, when would we live in a single bed with four other people in a room? With with literally this, a little bedside table, but so you just do it people, and it's fun, isn't it? And it's it? fun and I think it's about taking that experience and just going, do you know what? It's a laugh. And I remember one thing that like, I'm obviously quite open about this, but like my aim when I went on there, as you know, I was there to win. And I was quite brazen in the sense of when I got there, I was like, you know, I don't care what it's going to cost me, but like I am here to prove a point. Yeah. And I remember like just bouncing back from that boardroom week and week again. Yeah. But I think as well, what's quite important to say is like, as it goes on, you then start to go, do you know what? Like, I actually don't mind about winning that much because yeah. although like when it's close to being taken away from you, mm -hmm. it feels hard, but you must probably agree with this is like, you then start to get really invested in other people. Oh, and like, as we sit here yeah. and you know, we know our amazing finalists. Yeah. I actually think that like, you start to then go, 
You really do. You, you really, just you really just really want do. them, and you go, do you know what? I want them to win as well. You do because you sort of hear people's stories, their backgrounds, what their business is like, how this would change their mm-hmm. lives, and you just think, do you know what? Like, I, I think anyone that actually has the balls to go on there mm-hmm. deserves to win it. A hundred percent. Because I think it's just taking that leap in the first place. Most people wouldn't do, it, and that's what annoys me about the trolls and people have always got something to say. Well, we're about just that. about to come on to that because okay. it's so important to talk about the trolls. But let let's just like talk about that because I think w- what do you have? have during that process is the only people you have is each other exactly. and you just touched on it there but like let's quickly talk about the pressures of being on a show now i'm not under any illusion we are not trying to evoke any sort of sympathy but i'm telling you as a statement of fact none of us knew what we had signed ourselves up for no, and I mean, they prepare you as much, much as, as they can. I remember Jane, and for anyone, like, you know, you have an amazing welfare person that looks after you still to this day. Yeah. God bless her. Legend. Legend. Love her. Absolute you know, legend. My Jane voice is quite good. <laughs> Hi, Reese. How are you? Yeah. I'm really good at Jane, and I love her with all my heart. But I just think, like, you know, I remember she, I said, you did not prepare me for this trip. <laughs> Yes, I did, I did actually, yeah. Reese. I remember we sat in Stephen Street and I told you to be prepared that your life was just quite never going to be the same. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, so you did. She did tell me. <laughs> she did tell us that. And I think it's important to talk about that because we, people see the highs, people see Instagram and they see me and you giving it big legs for the trolley case. Yeah. Woohoo, <laughs> another week. Yeah. All of that stuff. But let's just talk about the real life on The Apprentice because filming is tough. Anyone that goes through that process, but also any crew and any producer on that, like some of the producers are still working on that now. They do not get a day off. And I think that's important to say is like everyone that works on that is a well-oiled machine. And Mm -hmm. I totally, totally, totally take my hat off to anyone that's been on it. But as a candidate, let's talk about when your name gets announced. So, I mean, I don't know if it was the same for you, but I know I, what you're going to say. I, I think it's the <laughs> it's I, uh, anti-climax. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh a total anti-climax. I thought, okay, when my name's going to get announced, I'm going to be hounded, and it's going to be crazy and scary, and I'm going to be, like, oh my god! I think <laughs> Danny, I actually got I one of my us. friend's dad send us send a, a picture of the thing. Is that your mate in the paper? And that was it, really. What did we say when we were filming? I remember something so Sorry. clearly. <laughs> I remember saying, what are we going to be Sorry. when this show airs? We were going to be Holly and Phil. Oh, well, yeah, Holly and Phil. That's we were like, we, do you know got... what? They're a bit too old. They're past it. It's time for a fresh, a couple of 25-year-olds to take over that couch. And I we would ready, say... We wasn't we? I mean, we're still ready. We this are. morning, if you are listening, <laughs> contact us. The emails are in the bios <laughs> and we are ready and waiting. I think we'd be bloody great presenters yeah, together. Yeah, we would, we would have such a laugh. I know, it's we important really to get would. the work done though, yeah. isn't it? Well, Which... we would get the work done. I think we wouldn't even need a script, would we? We would just nah. be able to... Work. We're a buzz. I always say that. We'll talk about some pattern that we've learned over the process, but let's talk about that I day. You, so on you go. <coughs> I need to get it. <coughs> let's talk about... <coughs> You're right. Thanks yeah. for the heat. Um, so let's talk about that day when your name gets announced. Now, spoiler... Okay. Ours got announced early, didn't it? We got a There call. was a leakage. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> I was in Dubai. Oh, oh no. Remember, I was on holiday and it was like, hi, we've been trying to call you. The sun has your name. And I was like, shit. Oh, I've not been through I, my Instagram. I I I'm not deep. I'm not went through. <laughs> and it's like, and we were announced, well, there were six of us announced. Like me, you, Christmas. Rochelle, Vic, 
Avi and Meg. Meg, yeah, that's it, yeah. Right, we were all announced early and we were leaked as the Insta Apprentice. Oh, that's it, yes. We were, yes, yes. the piss was taken well and truly <sighs> out of us. So I felt like it was a proper anticlimax because we had been building up to this day of like reveal day. Do you know what I felt like? I felt like Willy Wonka was giving us a golden ticket. Yeah. And it was a total anticlimax. I think we gained about 200 followers. Tell yeah. me how you felt on that day. I felt exactly the same. I mean, when it first happened, I was panicking. I was thinking, oh my God. I remember going out, buying the paper, like thinking, oh. Oh, gone. <laughs> yeah. And then I just think, I remember, I thought, oh. And then yeah. I thought, okay, maybe when the show's out, yeah. it'll be a bit more fun, a bit more exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is important to talk about that. So let's talk about the real apprentice. When that comes on screen, when your name's announced, when we walk in that boardroom zero, what does it feel like? It is amazing, to be honest. Like, the love you receive, the support Couldn't you receive. Um, it's, it's quite overwhelming. You think, wow, like, so many people are so happy for you. And I think that's something quite rare to find in today's society, is people that are happy for people who are happy and doing well. So it was really nice to receive, like, so many lovely messages. And you do that. I find that so many people were just so buzzing. I yeah. think for me, being Scottish, Scotland was, like, <laughs> out there waving the flag. They really And was. I think for you, it's like, Dan, I just remember thinking, like, do you know what? This is so nice. We've all worked so hard. And uh-huh. then what kind of happens as the weeks go on is people start to get a bit invested, they do. should we say. So yeah. let's talk about that side. So, I mean, obviously people take a liking to who they take a liking mm-hmm. to and it's not always going to be you. I mean, at mm-hmm. the start, I felt like I was flying. I, I was looking at, I mean, at, at first, I never went on Twitter. I, I don't have Twitter on. for that reason. And then I started to go on there because people were saying nice things and I thought, oh, this is nice to see. Make sure Head's you feel getting. good. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, lovely. And then it's like you make one mistake and it's like, you're over. boom, you are over. And it can be such a toxic mm-hmm soul-destroying place. And I mean, mm-hmm. I don't have Twitter on my phone. I don't look at anything yeah. like that. I don't read any of the articles yeah. that come out. I just have got no interest anymore. And I think as well, I always say this, and production will tell you this as well, the type of person on Twitter is a different breed, uh-huh. okay? Anyone that wants to have a picture of a dog or a picture of a football strip and <laughs> troll a 25-year-old businessman or a businesswoman who is on the television trying to better them is not the type of person that I'm interested in. No. And I, my advice to anyone is just don't give it any oxygen. No. But with that being said, it's so easy to get in your DMs oh, and for it to be seen. Yeah. And I think what's I important... I did. There yeah. was someone messaged me and I said, and he had a picture of his daughter as his profile picture. And I said, I hope your daughter's proud messaging a random girl abuse online mm-hmm. and he said you're not a random girl love you've been on telly and I thought why does that give why you the does right that at that? To, to be able to message me mm-hmm. like you you still can't abuse me just because I've been on telly like it's and I'm still a normal person I like. think it's important to also add on that as like you know the show will prepare you for that mm-hmm. but there's nothing quite like that first wind of what can only be described as abuse abuse right? it is and it's like you know what my view on it is this we sign ourselves up for it it's kind of part of the job, is what I always yeah, say. Course. It is part of the job, but it's still shit, right? It is, yeah. I remember that, honestly, that episode where Greg got fired, yeah. I thought people were coming through my door. Yeah. Like, I I remember phoning, I don't know if it was you or Rochelle, and I was like, the nation hate me. Like, yeah. people were actually sending me messages like, die, die, you've killed, and I'm like, is it really that deep? I know. It's a bloody TV show. And I think we filmed it that long ago. We've not saw the edit. We've not saw anything. And I think that's one thing you need to be prepared of. But the million dollar question is, does it outweigh the positives? Um, I wouldn't say so, no. Because I think you just have to keep bringing yourself back. And, and I, I think-, think if you're tough skinned, you're yes. thick skinned, like, Rhino you know. skin, my mum says. <laughs> listen, 
you know, we are going to need to get some surgery on the skin layers <laughs> that we're carrying yeah. after the abuse we've had. But I think where it's hard is that it's really personal, right? It's very personal about your appearance. About, about your accent. Your, your character, yeah. Like, I mean, the amount of stuff that was said, and I know you're the same as like, um, get off the effing show. I don't understand a word you're oh, saying anyway. God, if I got told one more time that people didn't understand me, and I'm like, lies. Because I would not have been on the BBC, neither would you, yep. if people couldn't understand us. And no. that's what the fact. But it's rude. Like It's just rude. I, I would never comment on the way someone speaks. That's something no. you cannot change. Cannot you change. Could, but like, why? what gives you a right to comment on that? I just don't understand it some is mad. people. I know. But I think that, let's talk about that. So let's educate the world on the trolling. <laughs> oh, it's just, I feel like even giving them the time now is just like, it's I'm going to say you this. Have to, like, you have to, right? But what I will say is, it is part of the job. It you is. cannot expect to be on a, a channel that's viewed, sorry, a show that's viewed by 9 million people every Thursday night and not have, I always say, you can't have Sandra from Cornwall that's not going to like you. I'm no. like, Sandra, I probably don't like you. No, And exactly. do you know what? There's no hard feelings, but I would not go onto a social media platform and say that. So I think that the one thing I would say, if anyone is considering going on The Apprentice mm-hmm. or any sort of factual entertainment show, because yeah. it's not a reality no. show. <laughs> Listen, you know what? You need to be prepared to have that come back at you. And I think that's one thing that production will tell you, but... It doesn't you know, until it happens. No, you, don't you just feel don't. It. I thought honestly, and at the start, I feel like I was quite like mm-hmm. I thought I was sodden. But as the weeks go on, you just you're ground down, ground down, ground down. It's just it's constantly every week. having people comment. You think you start to think, should I believe these mm-hmm. things? Are they yeah. true? Like I think I think where I'm going to be quite honest here is, as you'll probably know, and as you've just had twenty minutes ago, but like mm. you are on edge. Right, because every day I would get a phone call to say the papers have this, the papers have that. And like, if anyone has followed this, you'll probably know that I've had the shittest time in the papers. And about 0.1% of it is true. But you need to just go, okay, thank you very much for that. Thank you for letting us know that. And here is my comment. They're still going to run it, but that is horrible when, like, I mean, I always say this, but there was a story that was actually, I don't even know if it did come out, but I'm like, is that true? Is that yeah. like, and you start to then look Question around you and think, who is knows that, this? Who knows that? Because I didn't even know something that came out, right? And I'm like, it's bloody bizarre. And I think what it's important to say is like, you do all those entrance chats to be uh-huh. like, have a think about, is there anything that could come and out? And you think, surely not, because they're going to your subconscious, don't they? No, and then, then you're like, like, nah. Yeah. But I think like when it comes out, it's like, let's just get real about it. It's, it's really not that bad. It lasts 24 hours. Yeah. As you saw, my exit was one of the most horrific 24 hours of my life, which yeah. you know what happened. I know what happened. And clearly some other people think otherwise, but on the grand scheme of things, Danny, like it's 24 hours and then you go, exactly. you know, it, what, someone if, sat behind a computer, it isn't that deep. What's the saying? Um, today's, uh, t- yeah, we love this one. Yeah. Um, today's news, tomorrow's chip, chip paper. paper. Yeah, so, exactly. And exactly that's so that. true. I'm like, but it, it really does get to you because these people find you. Like I had people at my door. I had people on my WhatsApps. Still to this day, I'm like, why are you messaging me? Know, Leave me alone. But do you know what you have to do? You have to turn it into pity for these people and think, why is your life so sad and so boring but that you're, you're so interested? Commission. Yeah, it's true. So do you know what? You can't, I can't, I can't argue with it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's just the empathy in me going, oh, do you know what? God yeah, bless them. Make just, some money, yeah. just trying to make some money. <laughs> Someone fling them a fiver, <laughs> you know? But yeah. it is, it's a shame and I just think that that's something to consider. So... Let's talk about this. I have a few things that I want to ask for you. Danny, tell me, 
if you had a magic wand, uh-huh. what would you do next? Okay, so if I had a magic wand and I could just plonk my products mm-hmm. onto the, the shelves in, I don't know. Boots. Boots, Superdrug, Harrods Beauty, um, then that is definitely what I would do. Okay, um, that's I, good. That is kind of the long-term goal for me, to have my products being sold globally. Great. Um, obviously Which I'm, will happen. It's Boots, good. Harrods Beauty, if any of your buyers are out there, yeah. hit your girdle up <laughs> for their main products. Yes, definitely. So that's what you think. Let's just talk about another side of it, because for me, I'm like, Danny, you know from day one, you were the one that I thought she's the competition here. And I know that we've spoken about this lots, but I was yeah. like, you know, we we probably had it because it comes from around you as well, right? And like yeah. everyone kept saying to us, tell Always. what did they keep saying? They kept saying, you two are the winners or you two are the, the finest. You Const- two. Yeah. So you then start to go, shit, I need, oh, shit. I'm like, oh, I need to step up. I need yeah, to do this. What's going to happen if we're in that boardroom <laughs> together? That's oh, <laughs> a little bit of a fight. Yeah. Um, but I think that like you then start to get inside your own head because even production then start to go, they love you. he likes you Karen likes you and you then start to go you've got something to prove you've got something to prove and I think when it comes down to that is do you know what like when you come out of that you you really for me I thought do you know what I'm so proud of myself and you must be so proud of you because I'm like do you know what this is people I've never met they've saw my work ethic on a show and they're actually going do you know what good for you and I think that's what's so important for me is like Anyone in the world that wants to put themselves out there and go on a show like that, I always say credit when credit's due because to put yourself in that uncomfortable, unknown environment and just go, do you know what, I'm giving it a go, that's what I think is so special. Exactly, and although the show the show obviously does like make you look a bit silly and stuff, what it does enable you to do is showcase a really versatile set of mm-hmm. skills. Um, and I think like your, it does get you, yeah. you do get to see your work ethic and, and how willing you are to do things. You also and how get you to see get your biggest in. mistakes on it's, screen. Exactly, but, but you can learn from that. 100%. So I think it really is good. And I think even to potential investment mm-hmm. or, or just, just- Other jobs yeah, as well. exactly. You know. Like they, it's a, it's almost like a giant CV, isn't it? Like- it's, Let's call it a showreel. <laughs> a showreel, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Lord Sugar is the director do. of our showreels. But yeah. let's just talk about this. Let's just talk about what you have learned from going on that process about yourself. That's a very interesting question. Okay, so the first thing I would say that I've learned about myself, I didn't realise how freaking bossy I am. And I wouldn't have said that I was that assertive, but... Obviously, from watching myself back, I can see that. But I think, I don't know. Creative. You're so creative as well. Like, okay, maybe your dog food thing wasn't the best. But Dan, you have such a good creative eye. And I think that that's so important to say. Like, when we went on that show, I knew I could stand up in a room and talk to people. I have never sold products in my life. I came home like the bloody Del Boy of Glasgow. I was like, I can sell, I can pitch. (laughs) And you learn these skills about yourself. And I think if we've got that to thank for, what skills have you learned about yourself? So I would say, yeah, I I mean, definitely. I didn't think I would be able to stand in front of a room full of people and pitch. like, And even just being able to speak to like, people in corporate environments mm-hmm. obviously I don't do that on a daily basis yeah. I'm in a salon with girls that I love do you yeah. know what I mean I don't speak to I think I learned that I actually can stand up for myself I think I can articulate myself better I than I think you I can articulate yourself very well and I think Vic did that so well yes, and I so think well. that for me there was a perception and I'll tell you that right now that like we're all idiots that you are all bimbos and I think if there's one thing that you showed females is that you 
can defend yourself and that you've worked to have an all five female final again. I know. It's saying something, isn't it? But do you know what? I think as well, it's like, I think it speaks volumes on the type of women that are in the industry now. And I think that that's one thing that I have a 90% female team. I'm an advocate for it. I think good for you, go out there and do it. But I think that gone are the days that it was a male-dominated world. Like, it's not like that anymore. So I think that that's one thing that you must have learned as well, is that, you know, you've got such a strong willpower. Yeah, and I've never been in a boardroom before, and obviously, (laughs) typically, you'd think that that would be men in suits, but it doesn't have to be like that. Let's let's talk about the suits, because for me, if you had another magic wand and we could give that show a glow-up, what would you do? I would definitely bring it into today's... Trackies? Yeah, yeah, definitely trackies. But I would just make it more modern and more real and how business actually is it's, nowadays. You don't have really business plans and, and proposals no. and, and it's not formal pictures. That doesn't happen now. It's all about networking and... It's all and about building a brand. Building. I have an idea for next season and if anyone is listening or if anyone, okay. if anyone cares. Yeah, I not, think but. what they should do is they should build an e-commerce business Mm -hmm. and they should be made to go out and get genuine sales and whoever builds that website licenses the products and gets the sales on Shopify wins the task like see this hypothetical orders it's really hard because so many times like the product isn't ready and I think that like do you know what the show is brilliant we've had some laugh and for me though I think a certain someone has had their day who? I think Karen Brady should take over. Oh, 100%. And I'm like, I'm just going to be very transparent with this. Lord Sugar, Sugar, the big man. Any other names I've got from him? Uh, Big Sugs. Big Sugs, Sugar Sugar. You know. Wait, you know what name you did? (laughs) (laughs) So we did. We had genuinely amazing guy. So, so good. He earned every strike to be there. But for me, Karen Brady should be sat in that seat. She knows everything that goes on, doesn't she? she, And she's... I actually find her more intimidating. Same. Right, he doesn't know... He doesn't know the ins and outs the same way she does. And see when you're in that boardroom and Karen is looking at you, I'm like... Karen's back me up. And I always think, I'm like, no kind of... Like this is no secret, but she did like us. Yeah, she she she, she did. She, I think she appreciated the fact that we did get stuck in, and mm-hmm. and there, you couldn't like, you couldn't argue our contribution uh, to those tasks. And as I think, much as it might not make it into the edit, we literally was blue in the face, giving mm-hmm. it a hundred and ten percent every we minute of every day. Stinking of sweat. Yeah, is the only way I can. Do you know one time where I say Karen Brady for me, I really really respected her more. As oh. do you remember that whole asparagus gate? Yes. And she said, I'll never forget it in the boardroom. She, I walked back in and she went, why are you here? And I went, Karen, I don't know. <laughs> and I remember coming back to the house that night and saying, do you know what? I have total faith in this process. And that's one thing I will say is fair. Yeah. As those who are fired, it is a fair oh, process. It, there's nothing, Fact. Yeah, there's nothing happens that isn't spoke logged. about. Yeah, uh-huh. logged, doesn't go. It's very fair. And, I'm like, and I think I, that about all of them. They're very stern, but very, very fair. And I think it's important to say, like, see this like whole narrative of like, oh, you know, the winners chose from the get-go lies. Yeah, it is no. such on task. You you put one toe out of line, you could be sent home on oh, that yeah. task. But honestly, I will say that task really restored because obviously you get inside your own head. You're like, oh, yeah. and I remember Am I this. Or, or we're being mugged off. We're being this, and it's just like yeah. you've got a little boy attitude, Reese. I was yeah. a little, I was a little, being a little dick, yeah. being a own head. <laughs> you were being a little dick, running <laughs> yeah. about like this is horrendous. Feeling yeah. sorry for yourself. When in actual fact, it is a fair process. Everyone is working incredibly hard in the sense of like 
I just go back to the crew works so many hours. We work so oh, many hours. And I actually think for me, I'm like, I think it restores a bit of faith. However, what I will say is, I do think like every TV show, sometimes you could be set up to fail. Yeah, for the purpose of entertainment. But it wouldn't be funny. Do you it... think it should come with a disclaimer that says, this show has been like, do you know what the start of telling me? <laughs> yeah, what is it? Uh, this, this, some people, purpose of entertainment. entertainment. Yeah, yeah. what does it, it even say um, that on? The, some of the facts, some of the, uh, yeah, some yeah. of the something on this show has been yeah. set up. And do you know what? Like, I kind of contradict myself when I say that because one part of me thinks that and one part of me thinks not. And I think it's because we've been through it. But do you know what? For me, I think, Danny, let's just recap, right? You went on there and you absolutely smashed it. Thank you. I loved watching you. I have a few questions that I would like to ask you. Okay. So we sit here on the Scottish CEO show. Mm -hmm. You tell me what makes a good CEO. I think a good CEO, okay, what makes a good CEO? I think just a burning desire to succeed. Mm -hmm. And I think that a desire to succeed needs to be beyond a number in your bank account. It needs to be having a genuine passion. And I think passion drives yeah. so much more than what money does. Like you could you could be getting paid X amount, but if you don't really believe Love in it. something, you're never going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Another thing I think makes a good CEO is being a little bit crazy because I feel like <laughs> you, I, 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 no, I do. It's true. You need to be a bit mental. You, you do because I feel like if you're just stuck in the same mindset as everybody else, you're going to be stuck in the same, within in the same limitations mm -hmm. as everyone yeah. else. But if you're prepared to take that one little step further or do that one little bit yeah. that other people are scared to do, that's what will push you ahead. I think what's quite important as well is being a CEO for me is about being a leader. And uh -huh. I always say like a CEO can only be the driving force of the vision, right? Mm -hmm. Being a leader for me is about having energy and having vision. And I think that's one thing that you demonstrated on that show. So I am a massive fan of your CEO-ship. Appreciate that. Next thing I'm going to ask you is, was it worth it? I would say, yeah. And I would say, even if nothing else, one thing The Apprentice has done for me is it has brought my family together every Thursday uh, to watch it. And that is something I will always... You never always, thought would have happened as no, well. No, and I will always be grateful to it for that. So that alone is worth the, the 12 weeks or whatever, yeah. absolute grafting, just to bring yeah. my family as close as what it has. And I know that's very No, it's, no it's true um, though. So and I think like, it does, it brings your community together. Next question, if you could change one thing... About your apprentice time, what would it be? Okay, so if I could change one thing that is so easy for me, I would have put more time, more effort, and actually, I'm going to say this, wrote my own business plan. Because I actually did, I was in a rush. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was, the business plan wasn't great. I'm the first to admit that. It yeah. was a load of ball beep. So I would definitely have put a lot more time, effort, energy, and care into But that. let's just talk about that because, Dan, you get about two weeks, right? Exactly. My business plan didn't make it to the advisors, and yeah. I put blood, sweat, tears... But you almost don't think you're going to get you that don't. far. I, I you're like, it doesn't cross it. your mind. I like, I remember it. every week, like for someone that hadn't really watched the show, I remember getting to like getting like you know getting the weeks gone and thinking, shit, I might potentially end up chatting to these people. So yeah. for you, when you got to that point, you probably were just glad to get to that point. Yeah, you was, and I just thought, shit, mm -hmm. I, what is even in there? Like, <laughs> so if you could tell me this. If you could go back and change anything, yeah. that's what it would be. I would have I would have put a lot more time and effort into my business mm -hmm. plan and, and really had something solid. Because I feel like, based on the task, I had good feedback. Yeah. But obviously, it's just the business Danny, plan I that really didn't let me down. Danny, I think that it's so down. clear that everyone in there thought you were going to 
be that winning tiger. That's uh, all I've got to say. I, I think it just, honestly, like, it, everyone but was that's supposed what, to put, It's yeah. so, like, we don't know. And it's like, you know, no matter what we think, we don't know who's going to win. No. Maybe we do. <laughs> I do think the two girls that are in the final, though, you couldn't have two more lovely, yeah. genuine, hardworking, yeah. deserving people to be there. And I actually think, do you know what? I'm like, everything in life is meant to be, which leads me on to my next thing. Mm -hmm. I always say... Everything in life is a lesson or a blessing. So Love you make that. your choice. What was The Apprentice for you? Was it a lesson or was it a blessing? A lesson. That's yeah. easy to say. What yeah. would you say? A lesson. A 100%. lesson. Easy. For me, I think I... I don't know if I've spoke to you about this, but I was so obsessed with my business that I was unhealthy. I needed away from it. Yeah. I was probably going to take a nervous breakdown because yeah. of how obsessed I was with it. And walking away with it just makes you go, you know what? It ain't that deep. It's work. It's work. I am Reese. I am not the Theatre School of Scotland. You are Danny. <laughs> you are not Mermaid. And now yeah. it's opened up this world where I'm like, we can have more jobs. You know, I've been not been very shy in saying that, like, I love working and presenting. That's why I'm sat here interviewing amazing guests like you. Yeah. And that is a spark that I probably wouldn't have got from going on The Apprentice. And I think for me, it makes you so much more hungry to succeed. It does. You know, you are what you surround yourself yeah. with. When you see all of these people who are just absolutely smashing, smashing it. it, these massive, huge business uh -huh. tycoons like Lord Sugar and Karen. Karen, you think look at I Mike Sutter. Like, yeah. I just think, I'm like, that man is a Scottish man that is sat on there as an advisor. Look at the people that we are leaving, mates. Look at Shannon's business. Look at, like, all of the businesses that we are. I'm like, we are now surrounded by our best mates yeah. that are literally in business. And I think, if anything, what we've learned from that mm -hmm. is we have a network of people. So I think it was 110% a lesson. Yeah, and a blessing, I suppose. It was a blessing that you got to meet me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, to finish us off, I want to ask you this. So... For me, as I said, everything in life is a lesson or a blessing. And mm -hmm. what gets me through those tougher days in business is always a quote. Okay. Tell me this. What is your all-time favourite CEO empowering quote? Okay, so this is actually one that I just come up with myself. But <laughs> my favourite, my quote that I live by is, the worst possible outcome of any situation, anything, is, work, business, life, yeah. is that it will kill you. If it kills you, you won't even know about it. So don't freaking worry. So That's a good one. And yeah. I think it's important. I always think of a different quote every episode we do. And I think the one that I'm going to take from our lesson today mm -hmm. is, do you know what? It's not that deep. It's not it's that It's not deep. that deep. I'm like, no. you know what? Sandra from Cornwall, if she really doesn't like us, you know what? Go out and do a bit of surfing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do what you enjoy. Sandra. Do what you enjoy. And I think that that's so important. So let's tell me this. Finish it off with your younger self. If anyone's listening, I love to help empower the younger people that are listening to this show. What would you tell your younger self? I would tell my younger self, don't put barriers in the way. You are your own worst enemy and the only person stopping you is you. you. Don't listen to anybody else. If you have an idea, run with it. And I think being young and starting a business is actually a huge advantage. Mm -hmm. You're so much less fearless. You have so much less responsibility. Yeah, you've got it's less risk. You've, it's the perfect time. Mm -hmm. So I would just say, stop being your own worst enemy and just go for it. You have one life. Yeah, I think as well. YOLO. <laughs> YOLO. So I think that's so important as anyone, people always say like, why did you do it? And I think, do you know what? You'd go and do it because you want to take the risk. We love the buzz. Yeah. So Danny, thank you so much for joining me today. Danny, 
Where can we find you? We can shop your products at Mermaid Hair Extensions. We can come and get our hair extensions done in your shop. And if yep. you are interested in any training on how to how to put weaves in, then you can also do that. Danny, tell us where can we follow you? So you can follow me on Instagram, my personal account. That is just my my name, Danny Donovan. You can also <laughs> follow us on Mermaid Hair Extensions and our website, mermaid-hair.co.uk. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. me today. Danny Donovan, final five of The Apprentice and my apprentice best mate. <laughs> thank you so much for having no, me. No, thank you for joining us.